0: So I'm going to dive right into it. Uh, Last year was a great year. This year is going to be a phenomenal year. Um, What's interesting, though, is I was thinking about it. What is new about a new year? What's new? Like when you say it's a new year, happy new year. Well, what's new? What are we saying is new? Other than the calendar changing or there's a new date, what is new? Uh, New implies leaving the old year behind. That's what the whole implication is stating. But before we dive into 2019, we as a family need to celebrate something that we did in 2018. For those of you that don't know... Uh, Our church assignment, our mandate, every church has a mandate. Every church has an assignment. Our mandate, our assignment is to be a source of strength. First, to you, individually, uh, spiritually, in every way imaginable. Then, locally, and then globally. That's our assignment. It always has been. So last year, we say laser focused on this every year, but last year... Um, We did something that we've never done before, and I want to show it to you right now. Take a look at this. Everybody, let's clap again, all right? So when I say 10% of your income doesn't belong to you, 10% of what comes into the church doesn't belong to the church. So we send it out, missions. Uh, we've got, we're building an orphanage in Bo- Bogota. We've never done something like that before. From the ground up, bricks and mortar, etc. We are doing a lot of work. And uh, it, you guys need to feel proud of yourself. To, my favorite part of that number is the 100, right? <laughs> 245,000 and 100, right? And 100, like every single dollar out the door. Um, we need to feel really proud of ourselves. 245,000. I remember when our church didn't even bring in 245,000. Now we're sending that out. Man, you need to feel proud of yourself. That is so great. Um, All right, so I want to challenge all of us, including myself, to have two commitments this year. The first commitment is to war with your tormentor. Everybody here has at least one tormentor. You probably have more. I know I have more. I'm not talking about a person. I'm not talking about somebody at work or somebody in your family. I'm talking about a spirit. You have a tormenting spirit that torments you. A tormenting spirit is a spirit that seems to always come back. It's like you can't all the way get rid of it. A tormenting spirit, I'm going to give you several examples. First example is an angry spirit, the spirit of anger. In my own personal life, I'm half Italian, I'm half Brazilian. that is a cocktail mix for passion. <laughs> All right, So everything I do is with passion, OK? because it just it is what, Does anyone here have any Latin blood in them? Go ahead, raise your hand. You have some Latin blood in them. How many you're not sure if you have Latin blood, but after I just talked about passion, you think you do, right? <laughs> Okay, if you have Latin blood in you, you're, you're just, you had no choice. You were, you're, got at birth, birth okay? Um, my dad used to tell me, anyone with dark hair and dark eyes is passionate. Just know that. So if you're from Mexico, dark hair, you're, you've got the same blessing that I do. Um, so it, passion. So when I get angry, it's at a 10. It's not at a 2 or 3 or 4, it's at a 10. And so when I'm angry with somebody, they may or may not know it, okay? Um, but in my car, in my truck, I will talk to that person in my head and yell at them in my head, argue with them in my head. I know nobody, nobody here does that, but does any of you have a friend who does that, okay? I yell at them in my head. I have a conversation within, in my head. And then I'll calm down, I'll get distracted, go to lunch or whatever, go to a meeting couple hours later, I start thinking about that person again. I start getting mad all over again. I start building my case. And I try to set that conversation up to happen because I've already got all my ammunition ready to go. And then the conversation never goes that way and messes me all up. Anyone, any friends Right? That is a tormenting spirit. That is a spirit of anger that just kind of comes back and then it comes back. Uh, I'm going to give you a series of examples, but first let me lay the groundwork with a scripture defining a tormenting spirit Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home. See, sometimes a spirit is comfortable around us. He's comfortable. He's there. Nobody's pushing him out. He's comfortable. He's sitting on a couch in our head. Okay? Home swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits even more evil than itself. If you ever find yourself getting madder and madder and madder and madder? You're more angry than you were two days ago? All right? Uh, I'm going to use other examples other than anger, but let's just stick here for a moment. They enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Now, don't get caught in the weeds on this Scripture. Okay, don't say, well, there's no spirit that can live inside of me. There's no spirit that's going to be outside of me. Look, I don't know if it's in you, around you, throwing darts at you, whatever. That's above my pay grade. So don't paint me in a corner on that. What I do know that Jesus, when he was on this earth, was tempted in every single way. In one particular scenario for 40 days straight, bang, 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 he was tempted. So if Jesus can have a tormenting spirit come day after day after day after day, I know you're amazing, (laughs) Okay, but if it can happen to Jesus, it happens to us. And so let me give you a few examples. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of uh, Ahab. Ahab was a king. He was the king of Israel. And he asked Naboth, he goes, let me buy your vineyard. He goes, I want to build a garden. And I want your vineyard because it's nice and close to my palace. Well, Naboth said, look, this has been in my family forever and ever and ever. My dad had this. My grandpa had this. His dad had this. I don't want to sell it. The king goes into a depression for days and days and days. And then I'm sure there were moments where he wasn't depressed and then he'd get depressed again. Days. And finally his wife came up to him and said, what is wrong with you? And he says, I asked Naboth to sell his vineyard. And he said, no. Just a little sidebar. The Bible says that it says it just like this. Doesn't all quarrels, all fights happen because we're not getting our way? I hate that verse. I really do. Because I want to push back and go, yeah, but my way is right. They're clearly wrong. But at the end of the day, don't all arguments happen because we're not getting our way? So he's not getting his way. So he goes into a depression He's angry. He's bitter for day after day after day after day. Some people will find themselves upset, depressed. Then they'll get out of it. They go back in it. Get out of it. Go back in it. They're happy. Mad at that same guy again. Happy. Mad at that same guy again. Back and forth. Back and forth. Sometimes... A tormenting spirit will be in the regards of your health. You'll get out of a sickness. Maybe it just passes. The cold is a 24-hour flu and it just goes away. Sometimes you are divinely healed. It's a miracle. What you find is that, that spirit will come back. I know certain people, they get the same kind of sickness all the time. They don't get other sicknesses. It's the same exact one. Does anyone know anybody like that? It's like, come on. How do you get the same one? Not like all that. No, the same exact one. See, everybody has a tormenting spirit. One person may, it may be depression. Another person, it might be anger. Another person, it may be lust like Amon. Amon had a, he was so impassioned over his half-sister. Now, some of you may say that's gross, but if you're from Louisiana, that's normal. <laughs> Just making sure you're awake, that's all. I don't mean it. But it, it, he was so impassioned over his sister. He wanted her so bad, his lust level was so high. Lust is a tormenting spirit. Pornography is a tormenting spirit. Many times people will yell in the mirror at themselves, I'm not going to look at porn ever again. Bang, looking at porn. Women, it's a little bit different, although I'm looking at the statistics and the women numbers are climbing not as high as the men on pornography, but they are climbing. Women are emotionally, they'll get emotionally involved with somebody and they think that nobody knows and they're not doing anything wrong because there's no physical contact. But they'll find themselves thinking about that person two, three, four times a day. That is an adulterous spirit tormenting, 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 tormenting. The first challenge that I have for all of us, including myself, is to not let that tormenting spirit pull up a beanbag, lay down on a couch and get comfortable. See, sometimes I've allowed that spirit to get comfortable. I'll go into a depression And I'll just sit there and just wait to get out of it and think I'll be here probably three or four days. It's usually how long it takes, and then I'll get out. And just wait. Look, here's the deal that spirit needs to be abundantly clear that it's not welcome in our world. It's not welcome in our life. It's not welcome in our house. It's not welcome in our world. Come on, put your hands together if you're with me. It's not welcome. It's not welcome. You say, well, I sure would like to know how to stop being angry. I sure would like to know when, I, when I'm, 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 you know, arguing with somebody. I sure would like to know how to push this away. Well, you've, you're old enough by now to know that you can't will it away. You're old enough by now to have figured this out that you can't discipline yourself and get that spirit away. The only way you can get it away is to do exactly what Saul did. Saul brought somebody in and worshipped. Now the issue was, is he'd go back into the depression right after the person got done worshipping. I wish I could go back, I wish I could get into the, uh, what's that thing called in the Back to the Future, the DeLorean? I wish I could get in the DeLorean and go back in time and tell Saul, hey, if you learn to worship yourself, it'll stay away. But he never learned to worship. He had David do it. Let me just tell you, when you stand here on a Sunday morning, you'll notice you feel great because you got worshipers up here. But Crystal's not coming home with you. (laughs) Gemini's not coming home with you. The crew's not coming home with you. You have to worship yourself. So that's my second point. The first point is to go ahead and fight that tormenting spirit. The second point is to tie yourself to that altar. And I want to word it exactly the way I I wrote it down. To worship at the altar. Now, this isn't going to be a long message. Because I believe that God has an appointment with some of you today that I want to make time for. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I have this altar inside my office. I want to show it to you. Um, there it is. Uh, it's not fancy. It's a, it's a two by uh, twelve. Um, it's got soles um, branded into it. It kind of reminds me of an old church pew. I haven't always had the in my altar uh, in my office at home. Uh, I've only had it for less than a month. Uh, My whole life I've just used a a chair or the carpet. Uh, But I got a friend of mine in Dallas that uh, I was talking to him one day and I was telling him how passionate I am about prayer and and he had this made for me and sent it to me. But sometimes when I pray, I'll hold that, that two by 12. I'll hold it. And I'll ask the Lord God, this, this, this word souls is burnt into this board. I want you to burn it into my heart. I don't know the people that are showing up to church. I don't know the people in the city. I don't know their story. It's just faces. I don't know their names. I don't know who they are, but you know who they are. See, this year for me, 2019 for me, I'm fighting every tormentor that tries to come into my home, every tormentor that tries to come into my truck while I'm driving. But even more than that, I'm tying myself to the altar like I never have before. Now, I want to ask everybody here a question. and I don't want anyone to move over the next five minutes. If you need to use the bathroom, you missed your window, okay? <laughs> I need you to wait about ten more minutes, and then you can go use the restroom. Let me ask you, now don't raise your hand if you don't mean it, okay? If the Lord were to touch your heart in the next few minutes, I don't know how He would do it, but you would know that He's touching your heart. If He were to touch your heart in the next few minutes, would you respond by now, don't raise your hand if you would. Now, if, if he doesn't touch your heart, then you don't need to feel like you should do this. But if he does, would you respond to him? Would you respond to him? Not just by sitting there saying, I feel you touching my heart. Would you respond to him? by coming to this altar and raising your hands and saying, I feel you compelling me. I feel you touching my heart. Now, if he doesn't touch your heart, you don't need to feel compelled to do that. But if he does, would you? I want you to raise your hand if you would. Now, if he doesn't, you you don't need to. If I were sitting in your chair right now, this is what I would think. You don't know if God touched my heart And you can't can't judge me. You don't know me. Only I would know if God was touching my heart. This is what I would be thinking if I were you. Only I would know. If he did, sure, I would definitely respond. But you're not going to manipulate me. If he's not touching my heart, then I'm not going to respond. Is that anybody in this room? Raise your hand. Because I believe the reason why I'm saying that is 2019 is going to be phenomenal for every single one of you. But today, for some of you, now tomorrow it's for others, maybe the next day, I don't know. But today, for some of you, You're going to feel him touch your spirit. You're going to feel him. I don't know what that's going to feel like. It's going to be different for for one person to the next. But for some of you, you're going to feel him touch your spirit. Because I'm going to talk about a moment... Moments that I have with the Lord when I'm at my altar in my house. And when I talk about it, some of you are going to feel the Lord go, I want that with you. I want that with you. You're going to feel it. And if he, if he reaches out to you, the only thing I'm going to ask you to do is to respond. Don't pretend like it's not happening. I want you to stand up out of your seat. Oh, Not yet, because I haven't prayed yet. (laughs) But if you feel the Lord touch you, I want you to stand up out of your seat and respond and come down here at the altar and raise your hands. Now, if you don't feel the Lord touch you or compel you, That doesn't mean that the person that felt compelled is any more holy than you. It just means that this particular moment, God is doing something in them that he's not doing in you. He's doing something different in you, maybe equally as special. But I'm going to tell you what me and the Lord talk about. And I believe that the Lord is going to touch some of your hearts and say, I want to have this moment with you as well. I get up early in the morning. The family is still sleeping. It's still dark outside because of this time of the year. I go into my office, I get down on my knees. I hold that altar and I feel it because it's it's not finished. It's not like cherry wood. I feel like I could get a splinter when I grab it. I raise my hands. And while I'm praying in the next few minutes, if you feel the Lord compel you, I just just want you to stand up and respond. And come down here and stand and just raise your hand and respond. When I'm in that room, I say to him, Jesus, I need your Holy Spirit right now. Because I want to talk to you in a way that compels you to move. And I need your Holy Spirit to help me do that. So the first prayer I always pray is this. I say, God, in Psalms, chapter 3 verse 5 it says every morning I'll be back at it again laying the pieces of my life on your altar and I'm going to wait for the fire to descend I'm going to every morning I'm I'm doing it right now and I'm going to do it tomorrow and I'm going to do it the next day And the next day, and Lord, if there's air in my lungs the next day, I'm going to do it the next day. But every single morning, I'm going to be back at it again. I don't know who wrote that psalm, God, but it's the cry of my heart in Psalms chapter 3, verse 5. It says, every day I will lay the pieces of my life on your altar and I will wait for the fire to fall. I'm laying my marriage at your altar. I'm laying my hopes at your altar I'm laying my children at your altar and I'm waiting for your fire to fall because I need your fire to fall on the marriage on my heart, on my spirit and God when I step into church on a Sunday morning I'm going to remember that in Psalms 27, 26, verse 8, 26, verse 8, it says, I love to come to the sanctuary of God because it's where your spirit dwells. And I want to be in your spirit. I want to be in your spirit. Wherever your spirit is, is where I want to be. That's where I want to be. I want to be in your spirit. And I don't stop there, celebration. I go on to my next verse and I say, in Psalms chapter 26, verse 4, it says, Oh God, this one thing I ask for. I'm only asking for one thing right now. I'm not asking for a car, I'm not asking for a job. I'm only asking for one thing, and this only will I pursue. I will not pursue anything else. I have other needs. I have other goals. I have other wants. But this is all I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue this. To dwell. I'm going to dwell in your presence to gaze at the beauty of your face god i have trouble imagining it but holy spirit if you'd help me because i just want to gaze at the beauty of his face and i want to worship in his temple and this is the last scripture i bring up at this moment i say the reason why i'm praying the way i'm praying because in Psalms 42, verse 1, it says, just like a deer pants after water. Like a a deer pants after water, God. That's how my soul pants after you. I know I make mistakes. I say things I shouldn't say. I think things I shouldn't think. I do things I shouldn't do. But I'm asking you right now to ignore those things and just hear my soul because like a deer pants after water so my soul pants after you that's how i pants. so my soul pants after you now god you set jeremiah's bones on fire He couldn't stop talking about you. He couldn't stop talking with you. And I'm asking you to do the same thing for me, which is set me on fire. Because there's nothing in this world I love more than you. And God, I want 2019 to be a year like I've never had before. But would you just please set my soul on fire? Set my bones on fire. I promise I'll be back at it again tomorrow morning laying the pieces of my life on your altar waiting for the fire to fall. See, the reason why you're at this altar right now is because you felt God compelling you. You felt him pulling at your heart. You had an appointment with him today. If you're on your knees, I, want you to st- I just want you to put your chin up. If you're standing up, I want you to put your chin up. And sometimes when we're praying, we don't know what to say. And so I just want you to say, I love you. I love you. And every time you say it, I want you to say it with more fervency than you just said it a moment ago. Every time it gets more and more fervent. Now, it doesn't have to get louder. It just has to be more fervent. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you just let your heart cry. If you're sitting in your seat, would you just stand up with me if you don't, if you feel comfortable with it? If you feel comfortable with it, would you just raise your hands right where you're at and tell the Lord how much you love Him? You've responded to Him because you feel Him pulling at your heart. Now you'll always know what it feels like when He's inviting you because you just felt it. You'll always know.